Hi there, I'm Russ, and welcome to Dapper Dividends. I'm beyond a beginner, far from an expert, and there's a good chance I know something you don't. The following content are my opinions on investing in life and are not financial advice, but shared for your fun and entertainment. Now that's Dapper. All right, what's up, everybody? It is Dapper Dividends again, number 12 for May 19th, 2020. And I want to thank you for listening wherever you are and whenever you are, because you could be three weeks into the future from me right now. So if that's the case, you are listening to the past and I'm speaking to the future. And I'm happy to make that connection here with you. I have also now been heard in 10 countries. I'm going to go through the rundown here. Got the USA, Germany, the United Kingdom, France, Kenya, new one. Finland, Poland, Mexico, Belgium, and the Dominican Republic. So if that's you from that country, thank you again. So here's some show stats. I'm going to start all these off telling you how many total plays and what my audience or my expected audience is. So far, I've had 213 total show plays, and my audience is expected to be 18, and I have received a whopping two dollars and six cents usd so not a lot but this is fun i'm enjoying this having a space out there on the airwaves on the internet that i can share my thoughts and people can follow me so i got a few things to cover today i'm going to talk about my brokerage account my taxable brokerage what i've bought what i've been doing there and then i'm going to touch on the $30,000 portfolio that I have also started and I've been adding and buying into that. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, moving some emergency money to worthy bonds. And then in my blow off steam section or whatever I want to call it, that is uh, the second part. I'll touch about my thoughts on COVID-19, especially here in the States and more specifically in the land of Illinois, the land of Lincoln, as they call it. And then I'll give you my song for the show. So this isn't a plug, but I actually started using the Mint app over the weekend. I don't know if it's outside of the United States or if it's in the US side only or North America, but it is just a app by Intuit and they track your net worth. You plug in everywhere that you have money, your bank accounts, wherever you have a mortgage, uh, any of your debts, liabilities, and they will tabulate your net worth and help you set a budget. We've never really used a budget and I've never been a budget person. I've kind of just kept track of what I'm spending my money on. So look up Mint App Review if you want to see somebody else do a in-depth dive about it. But I just wanted to throw that out there that I'm using the Mint App in my taxable brokerage account, what I have been buying... Well, before I get to the buys, actually, so I, I completed my first dividends now. I sold Walmart yesterday morning. Yesterday was the big up day in the market where we were flirting with being up a thousand points on the Dow. And I saw Walmart coming up, hitting my getting close to my target. My target, if you'll remember. So let me recap this, actually. So what I did to any of you new listeners, I had this crazy idea that since I'm a dividend growth investor and I hardly ever trade and I do miss sometimes trading, 
I bought a share of Walmart with the intention of selling it after I gained $2.16, which is their annual dividend. So I wanted to see how long it would take me to be able to be up $2.16 on that share. I ended up averaging down a little bit. I got a total of four shares with an average of $122.18. So if you were to add $2.16 to that average, that would give me a target of $124.34. If I achieved that, I would effectively gain one year's worth of dividends from Walmart with a short, very short period of time, potentially less than a week. And I hit that and I got greedy. I did not cash out because I am a terrible trader. And I decided to say, I'm going to hold for two years worth of dividends. And it kind of went south on me. I stuck with it. I held it out. I bought that first share on April 29th. I bought a few more uh, between April 29th and April 8th was my last one. I only had four. And then I was waiting for 126.50. And yesterday, lo and behold, yesterday morning, I finally got it. And I, true to fashion, true to form, I still wanted more because I get married to these shares and it's so hard for me to sell. So I said, you know what? I'll go after two and a half years. I set my sell limit at $127.60, which indeed hit. And it gave me $5.42 gain per share. When you divide that by $2.16, you get two and a half. So I got two and a half years worth of Walmart dividends in just over whatever it is, two almost two weeks, give or take. I actually didn't do the math on my notes on that. So whatever the difference is between April 29th and May 18th is what that took. Now, Walmart, of course, the earnings came out amidst my excitement. I forgot that earnings were this morning, the morning of Tuesday, the 19th, 2020. And of course, Walmart crushed it like I expected they would. And it went all the way up to $131.99. So I was feeling a little bit upset and thinking this is why I don't trade. But I hit my targets. I was comfortable with those gains. And the market today started tanking toward the end of the close. And the Dow, I think, closed down almost 400 points. But anyway, long story short, I sold Walmart yesterday at $127.60. And it closed today at $124.95. All right, I had to get a sip of water there. You'll have to excuse me. So I had a rather long conversation with a coworker today. We were on a job and we had some time and he saw me checking stock prices. So he asked what the market was doing and what do I do in the market? And that just, I mentioned dividends. He said he wasn't sure what dividends were. Next thing you know, I, I don't even think I took a breath. I don't think he said 10 words. And about an hour later, my mouth was dry. My throat was a little bit hoarse because I just vomited all kinds of information about dividend growth investing on him. So I'm going to have to take a few breaks. You can probably hear it in my voice, but that's okay. I'm going to soldier on because I want to get this information out there to you. What's on my mind and what I have been doing. So the dividends now was successful. I did get two and a half years worth of dividends in a very short period of time. And then I also had a few buys 
I bought Duke Energy at $83.99, which was just below my average. And then I also continue to average down on Simon Property Group. I bought that at $56.50. So I'm not terribly worried about Simon Property Group. Uh, my worst case was that they would uh, suspend the dividend outright. Uh, I was more of expecting a temporary cut, but so far none of that has happened. And it's definitely risky between my two favorite REITs, Simon Property Group and Realty Income, ticker symbol O, that I think some of the companies that lease and rent from them may file bankruptcy, so they may be faced with tenant loss. But we shall see. We shall see what happens there going forward. But I think over many, many years when things start to normalize and stabilize that they will be just okay. So I am building up new cash. I'm deploying new cash into the reserves and I'm also building up the dividends that I've been getting. I'm waiting for another drop. I'm still, you know, I still think there's another leg down. I'm very surprised that this is with all the economic carnage out there that this is just going to be a v-shaped recovery and not a uh, bear market rally we don't know i i always buy as you can see every week i'm buying my buying has slowed down a little bit and it's been a little more uh targeted and, and judicious into the safe strong companies that i think society needs and depends on Simon Property Group, maybe not so much. That that may be my riskiest uh, buys. But something like Duke Energy, people need electricity. I don't care what the economy is, how strained things are. People are going to need electricity to live. So that's what I've been buying in my personal uh, taxable brokerage account. Now getting on over to this $30,000 self-directed IRA that I am sharing everything that I'm doing in it, all the dollar amounts. My wife's been helping me. God bless my wife. She's been helping me build a portfolio tracker spreadsheet on Google Sheets. And when that's done, I think I'm going to do a YouTube video. Hopefully I'll get to it this weekend. If I don't, next weekend for sure. But I will be sharing that I will, I'm getting the finishing touches put on it. I wanted one just, people have free templates that they put out there on YouTube and I didn't see anything that was exactly how I wanted it. So she's helping me construct my own. I've learned quite a bit, which has been a lot of fun, a little bit frustrating, but she's been there to hold my hand and walk me through it. So thank you to my wife, Jenna. So here are the buys that I have done overall. On May 14th, I bought 25 shares of Realty Income, ticker symbol O, at $49.80. I bought 50 shares of AT&T at $28.50. Now that is a half position that I was buying because I intended on writing covered calls on either AT&T or Altria or both. So I had bought 50 shares of AT&T at $28.55 and 50 shares of Altria, ticker symbol MO, at $36.20. All these prices, of course, are US dollar. So as I did say, I had bought a half position of Altria. Well, I bought the other half yesterday as the market was up and I was looking at options prices, which were also going up with the market. And I bought 50 shares of Altria at $37.75. So that is the second 
position, the second tranche, if you will, of the Altria shares. So I had 100 and I ended up selling a covered call for $121. I'm going to try and break this down as easily as I can. As I've said before, if it doesn't make sense and you're not familiar with options or covered calls, it shouldn't make sense. It should be something that takes a little bit of time to learn. And I would strongly suggest going to YouTube and just searching for covered calls explained, something of that nature. They'll do a much better job than I'm going to probably try to do right now. So in a brief nutshell, a covered call is when you write a contract and a contract is always worth 100 shares. So in order to write a contract, you have to own 100 shares of that stock. You are selling a contract that expires in the future, which is always on a Friday. You are selling that contract. So you're giving somebody the option to buy your 100 shares at a certain price in the future that expires on a Friday. If the share price is below that number, which is always in 50 cents or $1 increments, so $37, $38, $38.50, you will see on the options chain. So if the share price closes below that price, which is the strike price, so I sold these, we'll use my example, I sold a covered call contract for Altria, ticker symbol MO, at $37.50 that expires on June 12th for $121. So that $121 is my premium that I keep. Somebody paid me that for myself to say I will hold these shares until the 12th of June when you decide if you want them or not. Now, if the con if the share price is below $37.50 on June 12th, it will expire worthless. I will keep my 100 shares and I will keep the $121, which I keep, I keep that no matter what. So are you confused yet? All right. So, so, uh, so yeah, basically you're selling a contract for hundred shares. Think of it as a lottery ticket. I'm writing a lottery ticket for $37.50. And if it closes below $37.50, I keep all 100 shares and I always keep the premium. You always keep that. You can never lose that no matter what. So what I didn't tell you was my average on those shares is $36.98. So I will never write a covered call contract that is below my average price because if the shares are called away if it closes over $37.50 those shares have the potential to be called away so my upside is capped at $37.50 if it closes at say $39 that doesn't matter I do not receive the $3,900 I would only receive the $3,750 but I have a little trick up my sleeve because the ex-dividend date for Altria, which is the date that they trade without or ex-dividend. So Altria, for example, their dividend is 84 cents a share. On the 12th of June, they will be trading ex-dividend or without that 84 cent dividend. So to begin the trading day, 
their stock will open up down 84 cents in order to pay out that dividend. You have to own the day before the ex-dividend date. You cannot buy on the 12th. So in this case, you have to own on June 11th, which I will. And if my shares happen to be called away on the 12th, it's okay. I will still receive the dividend. So I get an extra $84 there. Plus the difference, the difference between $37.50 and $36.98 is $52. So here's the, the, the gist of it. Wake up, wake up. I hear you. I see you falling asleep. So uh, I would get $37.50 for each share. So $3,750. I would collect the $84 dividend. I would also keep and factor in my $121 premium, which I would come away up $257, which would be a 6.94% gain. So just roundly rough that round that up to 7% in 25 days. So it's 7% gain in 25 days. That's not too shabby. <laughs> this was really butchered. I think I confused myself a little bit, but the, the, the number you need to know is I sold a $37.50 covered call contract uh, that expires on June 12th. And I sold that for $121 premium. Please go to YouTube, go to Google, search how to write a covered call. Please do yourself some justice and don't, don't leave me be the sole explanation of that for you. And then there's lots of other things you can do with that. So I, I can, okay, one last thing. The contract I sold yesterday for $121 at one point, I think hit like 125 or 26. That doesn't matter because I had already sold it for that. But I always have the option or the, the right to buy it back as well. So today it was at $102 at one point. So I could have bought it back for $102 and just pocketed the $19. But I did not do that. I want to hold it. I want to go for the whole thing. And if for some reason Altria should start taking off, I can always buy the contract back. It might cost me, a, you know, 100 bucks or so, depending on what the contract is selling for. But uh, this is a whole nother world with options. You can make a lot of money, but this is something I've wanted to do and I was not able to do in my uh, American funds uh, mutual fund account because it's all mutual funds. So this has been a breath of fresh air. I, I love it. I feel wide open and like running in a nice open field sunny flowers everywhere sun's shining and uh yeah mutual funds it felt like i was in a cold cold dark bunker somewhere just not a lot of room to move around and not a lot of room to do things and i guess i got a little bit anxious yesterday but it was an update and i try to not get caught up in the fomo when markets are taking off but i it got the best of me and i i bought I initiated some positions. I've pre-selected about 22 companies that I will be investing in and I will be sharing those also probably on the YouTube video I'm going to make. But I I had some buys, which I call them lines in the sand. So I draw a line in the sand. I just get it in there, get it on the books, get an average in there. And then if, if it's ever below that average, I'm very inclined to buy more. So a little bit of a mental trick. So... I drew some lines in the sand with Kimberly Clark, 
I bought three shares of ticker symbol KMB, Kimberly Clark, at $137.15. I bought five shares of ticker symbol ED, Consolidated Edison, at $72. I bought three shares of Chevron, ticker symbol CVX, at $92.88. Then I bought five shares of ExxonMobil, ticker symbol XOM, at $44.98. And then the aforementioned Altria, ticker symbol MO, 50 shares at $37.75. So between May 14th and yesterday, May 18th, I have spent six, I'm sorry, $7,644.99 of my $30,000, which I will be forcing myself to dollar cost average in. And I'll tell you what, it's a son of a gun having that money just sitting there just sitting there waiting and knowing it could be it could be invested and working but I've learned I've learned my lesson in the past of jumping in too fast too quick and I'm glad I didn't because today ended up being a down day so I will be looking to go heavy on the dips and very light on the rips is what we're going to do going forward next I want to tell you that I have moved half of my emergency fund from CIT Bank, which is paying a paltry 1.30% interest for the savings account. I moved that to Worthy Bonds, which is paying 5%. So it's only half. It's something I'm comfortable with. I'm reviewing it on my Stashing Worthy Acorns. If you've checked that out, you can see what Worthy Bonds is. So we're going to give it a go. My wife had to open up a account. So we can put it into hers and I don't have to mess up the competition I'm running over at Stashing Worthy Acorns between the Stash app and the Worthy Bonds app. And then I wanted to tell you that the money market account at CIT Bank is only 1.40%, which is, again, paltry. But it's not all their fault. The Fed keeps messing with the interest rates and they keep cutting rates. So what are they supposed to do? But it's still better than Ally Bank, which I looked is surprisingly at 1.25%. So there's not a lot of interest to be had in savings accounts. So we're looking elsewhere. I think that's by design. They want us putting our money in the market. Uh, they want us putting money into bonds and treasuries. They, any, basically anywhere but savings accounts. They want that money out and anywhere but sitting inside of a savings account. So that's going to wrap up. This has been really long. I had a lot to say. My throat is just, ugh, it's dry. This is something that's plagued me my whole life. If I do a lot of talking, I go kind of hoarse. But I'm used to it. I'm soldiering on. I might have to uh, medicate with a beer after I'm done here. So follow me on Twitter at RustyRam78. And as I said, you can check out my YouTube channel, Stashing Worthy Acorns, where I review the Stash app, the Worthy Bonds app, and the Acorns app, putting $50 into all three of those, and then an, addition, an, and then an additional $20 a month for two years. And I'm sharing the update every week, and it's basically geared toward beginners who are learning to invest, and I'm trying to see which one after two years is on top. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. This is the end of the talk about investing in dividends and stocks. And the next segment, when I get back, will just be about whatever's on my mind. So stick around.
Hey, welcome back. Got some new music going in the background. And, you know, so when I was in the shower tonight, I had the radio on local channel here in Chicago. They were talking about how it's going to look when we get back to normal or the new normal, at least whatever that looks like, how we're going to get into salons and gyms and libraries and even more complicated than that is how we're going to do sporting events like going to Wrigley Field to see the Cubs or the United Center to watch the Blackhawks. And I just, I'm over it. This was my question from the beginning. If it was as serious and deadly as they said, then it should be affecting everybody. I understand there's been people that have been affected very negatively by it and there have been people that have died but from what I've seen there's a 98 or 99 percent survival rate and the people that are mostly affected are the elderly and the immunocompromised I've I don't know anybody who has it I don't know anybody that knows anybody that's had it it just seems like it's a little bit overblown I think that in the beginning they were preparing for a flood of people into hospitals and that's why they wanted to try and slow things down which I think they did whether that's to the lockdown or that's just the way it normally happened we may never know but yeah I'm just I'm over it at this point I think we go back to normal if you are immunocompromised or you're elderly or you think that you may be at risk for this then you should take precautions to sequester yourself to quarantine yourself but somebody like me that's young and healthy and has a very very good immune system I'm gonna go about my life and I think that we get back to normal because we're not meant to live life like this and it's just you know you may disagree and that's fine but I I don't want to be conspiratorial and think that they were overblowing this to see how many new laws they could pass or what they could get people to do in the absence of new laws what that would look like there's lots of room for debate about that so i'm just always skeptical i'm very i'm a very skeptical person and i'm you know for my job we go to companies and i wear a mask when i have to because it's required whether i like it or not i need to make money so i can buy my beautiful dividend growth stock so i'll comply i'll put the mask on but other than that eh, i'm done with this I, i think it's overblown and i think people are are starting to see that and you know it's funny from the beginning i told my wife where's all the bodies i was expecting to see like a zombie plague i love zombie movies so zombie movies have been my jam until the walking dead really just kind of killed the whole genre i love horror movies and and as i said specifically the zombie genre so when i was a kid i was a only child and I had a few other friends that were only child's children. So this is going back to the 1980s, maybe about 1984 to 1986. I had a few friends and they had Betamaxes and their parents left their VHS and Betamax tapes, both of them we, we would use. They left them out. So we would watch all manner of scary movies, scare myself half to death. I would lose sleep. I watched Poltergeist, we watched Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Return of the Living Dead, uh, Gremlins, all the horror movies that came out, oh, The Exorcist, 
we scared the hell out of ourselves. There was some nights I could not sleep and I would have to take naps during the day because I was afraid to sleep at night. But I grew an affinity for the zombie genre and I've always loved that. So even in the Navy, people would ask, why are you watching all those zombie films? So that was way before The Walking Dead really blew things up. So I thought this sounded like a zombie plague was coming is how people were reacting to it. Or even better yet, there is another movie that I love. If you have not seen 28 Days Later, please go watch 28 Days Later. It is not technically a zombie movie because these people are infected with the rage virus. Uh, it's something that, yeah, I'm not going to give it away. So just just know that it's a virus that affects humans and makes them animalistic. And they're not dead. So it is not technically a zombie movie, but I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And I was expecting that where if you're infected with the rage virus, you have about 90 seconds until you are a complete and utter lunatic and there's no cure and you are gone. So that's what I was expecting with this. But when I heard it only affects mostly predominantly the elderly and there is a 98, 99, whatever it is, percentage survival rate, I thought, well, this seems a little bit like an overreaction, but you know, okay, I guess. And I think I was right. So yeah, 28 Days Later, please check it out. Fabulous, fabulous movie. I can't recommend it enough. And I'm going to end with my song of the show, which you've all been waiting for. I'm trying to start this off with songs that make me smile. I'll get into other songs like I love, I, I'm very, very diverse in my music. I love 90s hip hop and some R&B and rap, but predominantly punk music, Psychobilly, Iron Maiden, Heavy Metal, Metallica, Megadeth. There's so many songs. I could probably do a whole show of two hours a night just with all the music that I love. So as long as I do this, at the end of every show, I'm going to recommend a song. I can't play the songs, which sucks, but I can tell you what song it is and put it in the description of the show notes and you can so now it's my sighted australian there for a minute yeah you might so i'm going to tell you about my song here uh <laughs> the song is don't you love it you can make yourself laugh when you're sitting in a room by yourself talking to you don't know who anywho the song is valerie loves me by material issue that's valerie loves me by material issue do yourself a favor go to youtube type it in and enjoy this is a song that came out in 1991 i'm sorry 1992 is the first time i heard it it did come out in 1991 that was my freshman year in high school so it takes me right back to the early 90s a special time before i was driving and i was insecure and uh girls and i lived with my stepfather at my my mother's house and it was a very bittersweet time in my life when I was bopping around old Berwyn, Illinois so Valerie loves me good song reminds me of those times Uh, the singer committed suicide tragically some years ago he was from this did I mention this was a Chicago area band they were from the suburbs uh, Addison Illinois which is a few towns over from where I grew up the singer is from so check it out i love it valerie loves me 
and I will be back. Talk to you on Friday with probably a shorter episode. I'm already over the 30-minute mark. This is a record. So I will be back Friday. And remember, everyone you meet has something to teach you.